and welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. We've got a great informational episode for you this week. We're speaking with Jeff Harmoning. He is with the American Petroleum Institute, and he manages the Engine Oil Licensing Certification System, uh, which you should be very familiar with, with API service categories and the management of those. And uh, Jeff and I speak about some great logistical information that you can use in your shop. We talk first about managing the large inventory of SAE grades that shops have to have these days. And then we get into a, a topic, diesel exhaust fluid, which uh, could open up some new service opportunities for shops who haven't started exploring that. Jeff talks about just some best practices for managing those fluids, some things to keep an eye on and be aware of. As I mentioned, there's a lot of great advice throughout, so enjoy. So we've got uh, Jeff Harmoning welcoming him to the Nolan podcast. He's the manager of the Engine Oil Licensing Certification System uh, and a few other oil programs with the American Petroleum Institute. Uh, welcome, Jeff. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks to NOLN for the opportunity to be with you today. Absolutely. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, API um, oil specifications and the licensing system. And I was curious if you could just give us a short summary of, of what your job entails and what you do with API. Yeah, so probably our um, most well-known program is the Engine Oil Licensing and Certification System. And that program um, licenses oil marketers to use the API quality marks, that would be the, the Starburst, uh, the API Donut, and now the new API Shield. Uh, to those marketers that are manufacturing their oils in accordance with the specifications, so they license their products with this with us. Um, and you know, once they're licensed, they're subject to our aftermarket audit program. So we ensure that the integrity of the oils out in the uh, out in the aftermarket uh, do in fact meet the specifications that are claimed. And we have a uh, we have a similar program for diesel exhaust fluid as well, our diesel exhaust fluid certification program, and another set of marks with that. Excellent. Yeah, that is the industry standard. Hopefully, all operators should be aware of those service categories. Um, I sure hope so. Yeah, if not, uh, API has a lot of great information out there that can be checked. Um, but uh, I did want to ask you about a few things uh, and some great kind of informational uh, knowledge about how to manage the oil inventory in your shop. And one thing that is kind of a trend we've seen over the last few years is just the amount of variety that shops need to carry in the uh, viscosity variety, the types of oils. But uh, I was curious if you could give us a few tips and kind of the managing the logistics in uh, how to handle a variety of inventory of a, uh, SAE grades. Yeah, sure thing. And I, and I don't uh, I don't envy those inventory managers in the in the large shops. <laughs> You're right. There are a lot of viscosity grades out of there, a lot uh, out there, a lot of service categories as well. Um, so I know everybody's dealing with these multiple oils that they have have to have in the shop for their customers. <laughs> You know, as far as recommendations, you know, certainly developing a plan for your shop uh, it, it, and find, you know, determining if you need increased storage, make sure that everything that you're storing is uh, is actually in use, you know, and that probably goes without saying for most of your listeners. But, you know, doing that, you estimate the volumes of the oil you need. Of course, if uh, you don't think you need a drum, you might keep a couple of cases of this or that here or there. And I, I again, I don't think that's anything new for your listeners. Um, but, you know, there are some uh, really important measures that need to be taken now that you have all of these oils uh, handy for your customers. 
and uh, you know, and and there are steps that you need to take to ensure that the oils uh, are being installed and dispersed properly, and and most importantly that they're the correct oils based on the, uh, you know, the OEM manufacturer or the customer preference. So. Um, you know, with bulk tanks, you know, as you're replacing one type of oil in bulk tanks with, with another, perhaps of a different viscosity grade, it's really important to make sure that that tank gets pumped out and, uh, and, and cleaned uh, to a degree that allows, you know, the new, perhaps lighter viscosity grade oil that's going into that tank to not be affected by what, what remains of the previous engine oil. Uh, that it was storing. That's that's first and foremost. And, and you know, from our aftermarket audit program, I can tell you that this is something that that does uh, routinely occur. Uh, you know, from the perspective of you know, uh, cross filling one tank into the next tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's lime wash or something that goes into there from the the last delivery. So it's just important to be in sync with your distributors as well. Um, certainly, you want to have clear identification on all of your tankage, uh, as well as your, uh, you know, totes, packages, drums, whatever it may be that clearly identifies what service level and viscosity oil uh, are, are in that receptacle to, you know, to prevent your, your technicians from uh, grabbing the wrong, you know, grabbing the wrong uh, dispenser or something like that. And then, you know, even the dispensers, if you got them hanging from the ceiling or otherwise, you know, should be properly labeled as well with the product name and the viscade and the service category. And all this is really um, to, to prevent misapplication, right? And then last but not least, you know, is partly what I'm here on the program for is educating technicians to make sure that they're aware of all these new gasoline engine and diesel oil categories that are out there and, and understand what the marks mean, understand what the requirements behind those marks perhaps are to uh, sort of encourage them not to, uh, you know, to, to understand that making a mistake can, uh, you know, can in, in the long run um, cause some, some harm to a consumer's engine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What you said at the top there, just have a plan is definitely a great place to start because you've got technicians flying around the shop on a busy day and, and the labeling that you talked about in the identification, they need to be able to know what they're putting into vehicles is the correct product and the correct grade for the manufacturer's recommendation. And absolutely. um, Those are, they sound like small, easy steps, but they are very important steps. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so there is another subject that uh, we're bringing up, and that is diesel exhaust fluid. You know, diesel oil changes are not a huge part of the business for most of our readers, but I think it is a growing segment and certainly something that uh, shops can look at as a, a bit of a, a, an additional revenue stream or something like that. And uh, that's particularly true for diesel exhaust fluid, which is a growing part of some of these newer uh, diesel power plants. Um, could you tell us a little bit about diesel exhaust fluid and how uh, API has uh, tips and management uh, logistics for it? Yeah, sure. So, you know, for those not quite in the know, you know, diesel exhaust fluid is a fluid for um, diesel engine that uh, that use selective catalytic reduction or SCR to uh, mitigate their emissions. It's basically a mixture of, of uh, pure urea um, in, in pure water. So it's a, it, there is a, it's very important that the purity and there's a purity specification called ISO 22241 behind that, uh, that the purity of the DEF, uh, does meet that specification. So for your, uh, you know, for your listeners 
who are considering to uh, you know try to attract uh, you know diesel engine customers in into the shop. And trust me, they are. Uh, this can be found not only on the uh, on highway um, on over the road trucks, uh, but now you're certainly seeing it in um, construction, agriculture, and all the way down to the light duty pickups hmm. uh, that 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 I suspect your your listeners are. Uh, looking to attract and, and, you know, the best, uh, you know, they sort of synced up the, the tankage for the DEF, the amount of DEF that the vehicle can carry so that you can refill it quite frankly, whenever the drain interval is with your, uh, for your oil drain interval. So this is a, a you know, it makes sense to me that um, this would be a one-stop shop opportunity uh, for, for your listeners, customers. Um, but it is very important that, um, you know, if you get into this arena where you're selling DEF, there are a lot of properties about DEF. It's not as confusing as engine oil, uh, thankfully, but um, <laughs> there are a lot of properties that, that go into a, a, a DEF of the proper concentration and, and purity to maintain the SCR system and do the most important job, which is mitigate the emissions. Yeah, um, a, a bit like engine oil, are there different uh, specifications for maybe different types of engines or, or things like that? No, no. The, fortunately, on this side, you know, with SCR, this is a this this fluid works for regardless of the size of the vehicle that uh, that's equipped with SCR. You know, in the, in the long run, what uh, what this is doing is it's injecting this urea into the exhaust stream after the catalyst. And essentially taking the harmful NOx and uh, converting it to, you know, water and nitrogen, which are two things, you know, water vapor and nitrogen, which are two things that are in the uh, air that we breathe all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there are several part of that specification. It's a, basically you could consider it a minimum specification. There are a lot of other other properties that need to be mo- uh, tested. Uh, to ensure that the DEF meets because, uh, for instance, if there's insolubles, you know, dirt, dust, grime, that would be an example of, of things that can get into the DEF that would be harmful to the catalytic, to the SCR uh, catalyst. Um, there are various elements in the, in, in, that can come through, like say if there's a, a company that's uh, uh, making DEF with, with tap water, you know, mm-hmm. you get calcium, magnesium, hard water elements that are also not good for the catalyst. So my biggest recommendation here is to ensure that uh, whomever you're, you're purchasing your DEF for, for your shop, you know, number one, obviously, uh, is, is to look for um, products that are licensed by API. These products go through our licensing program and we test those in the aftermarket as well. Um, but also, uh, you know, to make sure that the, 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 the depth that you're dealing with at, at a minimum meets the ISO 22241 standard. So make sure that your distributors or your jobbers that you're working with, you know, can ensure that for you through a proper uh, chain of custody with the paperwork and the drop tickets, et cetera. Yeah, I appreciate those tips. And um, once they get uh, that deaf into the shop and they start selling uh, that to diesel drivers, um, what are some tips as far as managing that within the shop? I thought yeah. one point that was really interesting was the temperature factor. It, it, it's a little more effective to cold. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, cold is not as much of a problem, um, fortunately, as heat. You mm-hmm. know, def, the mixture of DEF of urea and water is is such that both the urea and the water will freeze and thaw at the same temperature. Um, and so, you know, for those folks that are, you know, parking their car at the airport uh, in, in, in O'Hare, 
uh, and, um, and, and their DEF freezes. That's, that's nothing to worry about because they will both thaw out at the same time and therefore maintain the, the proper concentration. Mm-hmm. Where you get into some real issues though, and, and quite frankly, these are real issues, especially in, in places in the South where the, the heat index is a lot higher, is that DEF will actually degrade over time um, at, at temperatures higher than, uh, well, certainly as an effect of the higher temperature. So essentially, one of the rules of thumb is, uh, you know, as, as long as you're storing your DEF at, at somewhat of a room temperature, and I realize that your listeners have open garage bays all the time, um, one good rule of thumb is to keep it in a, in a cool place if you can. That might be down below um, that in the service bay. Um, or, uh, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is if you can keep your shop relatively below 86 degrees Fahrenheit, um, then, then your depth's going to be good for, you know, about 12 months. And, and, you know, because of this, you want to make sure that you're rotating your stock. If you're dealing DEF in packages and you've got a pile of them in the back, you know, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, the new stuff goes into the back and use that old stuff first to ensure Mm -hmm. that the DEF still maintains its quality. Absolutely. Uh, those are great, just real world logistical tips that uh, shops can take advantage of. Absolutely. Um, one, you know, final thing that your marketing partner brought up that I think was definitely something I wanted to touch on was that uh, the licensing system that uh, API undertakes is, uh, you know, a lot of heavy testing, a lot of work goes into that, but the work doesn't stop there. There's the aftermarket audit program. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if you could kind of touch on that a bit, explain what it is and maybe where you guys are currently in, in going through that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that some more. So, you know, part of being an API licensee, as I mentioned a bit before, is that you're, you agree to have your product subjected to aftermarket audit. And so we have uh, a network of collectors through various vendors around the world because we're a, we're a global program, um, you know, purchase, actively purchasing products. Uh, in the aftermarket in, in any form we can get them at. Now here in the States, we, uh, we realize that bulk engine oil is, uh, is, is, is a vastly large part of the market share. So we are not only out you know, secret shopping on shelves at your local big box store, et cetera, but we're also um, randomly swinging through uh, the, <laughs> the quick lube chains mm-hmm. and the dealerships and fleets and places like that. Uh, to purchase samples, you know, usually we need about a gallon uh, so that we can test those as well. And, you know, we get a, when somebody shows up to a quick lube, I, I, I understand, you know, the, the reticence of, of potentially turning over a sample uh, when an API collector comes over. But this, the, the, the one thing to remember here is this is not a policing of the, of the quick lubes themselves, but rather this is part of the agreement that we have reached with our oil marketers to sample and test their oil in the field so we can make sure that those oil producers, those oil manufacturers and marketers are indeed meeting the specs. And and we're collecting information on site to verify what uh, what the identity of that oil is. We test it, compare it to the formulations that we have on file from the licensing side of the shop. And, uh, and then we issue audit reports to those marketers. Um, and if there's anything um, non-compliant about it, we, we, we demand that they close it to API satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that we can do is take some contact information down from the local shop when we do come in and uh, sort of give them a heads up afterwards about how the oil tested out, because I'm sure your listeners are are concerned about that as, as, as much as we are. So 
Um, that's that in a nutshell, and I could go for hours. You can tell uh, is 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 the purpose of the aftermarket audit program. Just really, it's all about the consumer and ensuring that high quality oils are out there and available for for the general consumer. Yeah, it's just a great example of kind of the quality control that's that's ongoing there in the marketplace. And I do uh, like cruising the uh, website you guys have about some of the worst offenders on labeling. Uh, yeah. Some of the fake um, certification marks and things like that. I just think it's very interesting and, and that certainly doesn't get by you guys. Yeah. You know, we maintain an online directory. So for anybody who's trying to verify the authenticity of a claim to be licensed, you know, it's really easy if you just sort of Google API uh, engine oil license directory, it's the first thing that pops up. Um, but with, like you referred to, we do keep a listing of unauthorized oils. You know, you can't, it's you, you can't keep people from doing the wrong thing, but we're out there with the aftermarket audit program trying to actively find those bad actors and then we deal with them, um, you know, separately. And if, 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 if we can't uh, resolve it with them, they're going to show up on that uh, on the naughty list there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned, even more handy than that uh, bad actor list is the uh, directory that you mentioned of uh, you can find any kind of motor oil out there that is licensed with API find out the latest specification that is licensed to and uh, give you some kind of peace of mind on the the products you're using in your quick loop. Same on the deaf side too, for that matter. Same on the deaf side. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff, anything else you'd like to add? Well, no, I I mean, I I just want to encourage your listeners, you know, the the reason that these specifications are getting uh, more and more uh, diverse and, and, uh, and, and difficult, shall we say, is really because I think we're all aware the the engine technologies for on gasoline or diesel engines alike is is changing at a at a, at a faster pace than we we could have ever imagined years ago. So, you know, we work directly with the OEMs and and all the other industry stakeholders who to, together can put together a formulated lubricant that's safe and effective for the vehicles on the and the engines on the road today. To ensure that uh, you know those oils are performing, and is, and essentially it helps you do your part, right? To uh, you know uh, help with the environment, you get better fuel economy out of the newer oils. You know your vehicle is going to last longer, so you're 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 chipping in on the sustainability topic that everybody uh, is talking about now. So API is a you know out there making sure that that continues, and we will continue to do so as we move into ever more complex engines. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is the trend we will be seeing. But uh, knowledge is power, certainly for yourself uh, as a quick loop operator, but also uh, for your technicians when they're speaking to customers and customers have a question of why a certain oil needs to go into my vehicle. Um, then you can get that knowledge and let them know what the oil does, how it is specified to the latest uh, stringent standards and, and mm-hmm. why it's a good idea for their car. And if you have a question, um, just Google, look, look us up on api.org uh, and, uh, you know, send us, send us your questions. We can, we can help in any, any way that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you again. Again, some great real world examples of things, uh, management tips that shops need to undertake. And uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. It's my pleasure. And it, just one final word to the listeners, you know, don't be afraid if, if we, if we uh, stop by to pick up an <laughs> engine oil sample, we're doing it with your best interests in mind. Absolutely. Cool. Well, take care. All right, Matt, thanks a lot. Really appreciate this opportunity.